0: And also welcome to Sweet Vegan Spills the D. I actually already recorded this episode in its entirety just yesterday and then sat down to edit it this morning only to discover that I had not in fact recorded the audio. So as entertaining as I'm sure it would be to watch me mime nutrition advice at you, um, I wasn't sure that would translate well to an audio platform. So people listening uh, to their podcast right now, uh, I I re-recorded this for you specifically, and you're welcome. And people watching this on YouTube, rest assured, I put a lot of effort into my appearance for you yesterday and have since slept on that amazing hair day that I was having. So um, if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, you can just ignore what I just said. I look incredible right now and uh, have nothing weird going on with my hair at all and do not resemble a circus clown. That having been said, this episode is about something that I am irrationally passionate about, like obscenely fascinated by, which is how the foods that we eat affect the way that we feel and the way that we behave. So I wasn't sure when I named this episode if people wouldn't think that it was going to be about the anxiety that we feel about certain foods that we eat. And that is also a very real thing and can have a profound effect on our emotional, mental, and physical health. But it is something we're going to touch on on a different episode that is coming up very soon with a very special guest. So keep your eyes and your ears open for that. In the meantime, we're gonna talk about foods that literally induce anxiety. And they're not all obvious ones so first of all there are certain foods that only affect certain people for example if you have a food allergy the symptoms don't always manifest themselves like in a physical obvious visible way it's not always about breaking out into hives or other rashes or being congested or having an upset stomach or um anaphylactic shock even you can have very severe symptoms that manifest themselves in uh, a mental or emotional way. So it can make you extremely irritable, uh, extremely anxious, have agitation, even aggressive feelings and behaviors, um, extreme depression, suicidal thoughts even, and even delusion. There have been people who have been misdiagnosed with severe depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety disorders, and even schizophrenia who actually just had very, very severe reactions to certain foods. I am not by any means suggesting that if you have been diagnosed with any of these things that you stop your medications and jump onto like an elimination diet or something. Um, but I do often recommend that if anyone is suffering from any of those symptoms, uh, especially chronically, diagnosis or not, that they also get tested for food allergies. Um, this happens even if you have Crohn's disease or celiac. Often one of the symptoms after eating gluten will be extreme agitation or mood swings and irritability. Um, so it's very real. I've even worked with kids who had extremely oppositional behaviors, uh, extreme anxiety disorder, um, attention deficit disorder, who were later diagnosed with extreme food allergies. And when those foods were eliminated from their diet, so were those behaviors eliminated. So it can have a profound effect on you. And it is definitely something to keep in mind and look into. Allergies and illnesses aside, there are foods that we eat that affect Every single one of us. And that is because every single one of us has a gut and um, a brain and a bi directional signaling and communication system between the two. And that is often referred to as the gut brain axis. And you may or may not have heard of that. But regardless, it is key in regulating our stress responses. It plays a massive, massive role. We have about a hundred billion neurons in our brain and another 500 million-ish in our gut. And the ones in our gut are connected to our brain through the nerves in our nervous system. In fact, the longest nerve in our entire body is uh, my current crush and massive infatuation, the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve sends signals in both directions and starts at the stem of the brain and innervates almost every organ in our entire body. She's a beautiful creature and has two sides- from which she does these things. Um, and 80% of the neurotransmitters that we have are produced in our gut, including dopamine. 50% of our dopamine is produced. In our gut. And dopamine plays a huge part in controlling our emotional responses and our ability to think and plan and focus and even to find things interesting or pleasurable. So that is um, massive. 90 to 95% of serotonin is produced in the gut. And serotonin is the key hormone that stabilizes our moods and our feelings of well being and happiness, um, as well as many other things in the body. So that is also important. Our gut microbes, so the little bugs in our gut, um, have a massive influence on our hormonal system, which has a regulatory role in our libido and our appetite and just our moods, like the balance of them in general. So that is big. And then on top of that, um, 20% of the thyroid hormone T4 is converted into active T3 hormone um, in our gut as well. So if we have disturbance and disruption in our gut, all of those things are messed up and imbalanced and and not functioning um, at optimal levels, let's say. So that is why the connection between your brain and your gut is so important. And that is why keeping your gut healthy plays a massive role in keeping your mind healthy as well. But what causes an unhealthy gut, you might ask. And if you did, I would say, hey, thanks for asking me that. That is such a good question. And the answer is many things. Many, many things affect the health of your gut from poor diet to lack of sleep to emotional stressors to chemicals and pollutants that you might be exposed to, to medications that you might take to smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol and many other things. It all basically comes down to your gut microbiome. We have other microbiome on our skin, in our vaginal canal, there's microbiome in the soil and the air and the water, There's it's everywhere, but we're talking about the microbiome of your gut today. So in your stomach, where you have bacteria, viruses, archaea and fungi who come together and they play their very special and important roles to keeping you healthy and well, all live harmoniously in this space. If they don't, that means that there is gut dysbiosis, which is caused by an imbalance and overgrowth and undergrowth or broken or sick little gut bugs. And that is something that you do not want. And here's what gut dysbiosis has been linked to a number of maladies, including neuropsychiatric conditions like Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, schizophrenia, ADHD, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, uh, restless leg syndrome, uh, depression, a bipolar disorder, autism spectrum, uh, migraine headaches, anxiety disorders. That list goes on as well. So what can be done about it? There is nothing quick and easy about healing your gut. It is definitely a process. You can't just take a probiotic and chug some kombucha and get on with your day. But that having been said, pretty much everything that you would do to heal an unhealthy gut would be things that you would do to maintain a healthy gut, regardless of whether or not you had dysbiosis in the first place. So it is well worth doing. And there are a bunch of nutrition changes and lifestyle changes you can make that I'm going to tell you about right now. So we'll start with Optimizing your stomach acids. Your stomach acids are really important, and without enough of them, you can't efficiently and effectively digest your food. So, that can affect your microbiome in a big way. It's super important. And some ways that you can optimize your stomach acids include chewing your food really, really well. Often, when we're watching TV or we're distracted or we're in a big hurry, we don't realize that we're not actually chewing our food super well before we swallow it, and digestion starts in your mouth. So, definitely make sure that you're chewing your food properly. Um, Make sure that you're hydrating in between meals and not during your meals if possible. So stop drinking your water, your tea or whatever, at least 15 minutes before you eat. And then don't start again for at least 30 to 45 minutes afterwards. That gives your stomach acids a chance to really do their job without being diluted. Um, Another thing that I would recommend is digestive bitters. And digestive bitters have been around forever, and they come in a few different forms. So you can get them um, in a liquid form of drops, also liquid form that you've probably seen or maybe even used or bought. Digestive bitters are the same ingredients that you find in the bitters that you buy to make cocktails. And there's a reason for that. And people used to drink these cocktails before eating to help digest their foods. And then there's actual literal digestive bitters. They're basically just bitter herbs, um, citrus, uh, rind, bark, things that activate your stomach acids. So I can put some stuff up on my website for you. I'll put up some suggestions and recommendations for you. You can go check those out later. Um, I highly recommend them. Also, just a, a side note: people who have acid reflux or GERD often think that the problem is that they're not uh, that they're getting too much um, stomach acid or they're producing too much stomach acids, and that's not actually always the case. Often, they're not producing enough. Just because it's backing up doesn't mean that you're making a lot of it. So, um, doctors will often prescribe for people with acid reflux and GERD um, proton pump. Inhibitors or antacids, and they can have a long term effect on your microbiome that is, you know, not something you want to have to deal with, especially because these medications only temporarily sort of put a band aid on your problem. They don't get to the root cause. So, by, you know, um, quieting your symptoms, you're not actually fixing the problem. So, if you're in horrible amounts of pain, you're not able to sleep, or you're just so incredibly uncomfortable that you feel that you need to take, the pantalock or the um, antacids, by all means, take them, but keep it short term if possible, and really try and address the actual root of your problem, because that will help you a lot more and um, won't give you other issues to deal with along the way. The next suggestion I have for you is to take extra good care of the mucosal lining, so the lining of your stomach. And ways that you can do that is to avoid um, irritating foods, Uh, inflammatory foods like refined carbohydrates, refined sugars, uh, fried foods, uh, meat, and dairy. Of course, dairy is one of the most inflammatory foods that you can eat. So I highly recommend that you avoid it if at all possible. And of course, I would love for you to eliminate it, but uh, that's me. Um, Eat anti-inflammatory foods like turmeric and cherries and mushrooms and and even dark chocolate, leafy greens, omega-3s, like nuts and seeds and avocado, all those things are super great. Eat probiotic foods, all fermented foods like miso and sauerkraut and um, tempeh and kimchi and all that good stuff. And try eating lighter meals so that you're not overloading your stomach and you know giving yourself a massive amount to digest all at once. Of course, avoid smoking, avoid overuse of painkillers, um, the uh, anti-inflammatories that I mentioned that really do a number on your stomach lining. So only use those if it's absolutely necessary. And one more thing. What was I thinking? I wanted to tell you to, oh, there's herbs that you can take as well. You can, um, or, and other beverages, like the aloe can be really soothing to your stomach lining. Uh, There's marshmallow root that you can make a tea out of. It can be really, really nice for your stomach. Um, Again, I will post some of that stuff on my website for you so you can check that out afterwards. So my next suggestion for you is about my crush. Remember my infatuation, the vagus nerve that I love so much that I can barely stand it? Well, that sweet nerve happens to have an effect on our levels of anxiety and our depression in our brain, and in our gut are levels of stomach acidity, digestive juices, and gut flow. And that lovely nerve really appreciates a bit of stimulation. So not hands-on ways that you can stimulate your vagus nerve include prayer, meditation, uh, singing, chanting, laughter, loud gargling. Um, And hands-on stimulation for your vagus nerve would be foot massage. So literally... Massaging the nerves in your feet. Please do that. She deserves it, that hot piece. Before I get into the specific foods that affect the balance of your moods or your levels of anxiety, I just want to touch again on your microbiome that I mentioned earlier and some of the things that affect it. So, first of all, there are pesticides and chemicals that have a huge impact on the health of your gut microbiome. So, that means the chemicals and pesticides in your food and your drinking water. Um, in your toiletries, in your cleaning products, perhaps in the fabrics of your furniture or even the fabrics of some of the clothes that you're wearing, in the air that you breathe, the grass that you sit on outside. I know I'm making it sound like it's entirely unavoidable and maybe it is, but you can limit your exposure. You do have control over the things that you eat and you drink, hopefully, and the products that you buy to clean your house or put on your body or brush your teeth with. So. I highly recommend that you take a look at all of that stuff and sort of check in with yourself about how much exposure you're getting to chemicals and pesticides. That and prolonged uh, unnecessary or excessive use of any medications, antibiotics, steroids, antacids, anti-inflammatories, antifungals. Um, I don't know. There's so many of them. But if you don't need to take them, don't take them. If you do need to take them, be mindful that you're only taking them for as long as you absolutely need to. And then afterwards, take extra steps to um, take good care of your microbiome to get it back on track because those medications will definitely do a number on your microbiome. Any stress that you're under, or your perception of stress, or your inability to manage your stress, has an effect on your microbiome. It's not for nothing that we get butterflies in our stomach when we're nervous, or stomach aches when we're really scared of something, or even nauseous maybe when we're undergoing a lot of stress. I get all of those things. And when it happens, I really have to take a step back and check in with myself because it really does have a huge effect on your physical health as well as your mental health. So, making sure that you have a good network in place of support, whether it's friends or family or therapist or all of the above, hopefully. Um, Being mindful of your perception of situations. Are they as stressful as they seem? And if they are, what are you doing about it to counteract that stress or to make sure that you're practicing self-care? So are you going for walks? Are you meditating? Are you doing yoga? Are you getting lots of fresh air? Are you getting sunshine? Are you taking time for yourself, taking a bath or whatever you need to do. Just make sure that you are moving your body and taking mindful moments because that's super, super important and it's not all in your head. It's also in your gut. So nutritionally speaking, the first thing I would tell you is to make sure you're getting plenty of fiber. Ideally, you would be eating a plant-based whole food diet. But if you're not, still make sure that you're eating tons of whole grains and fresh vegetables, and fruits as well. That's really, really essential for maintaining a healthy microbiome. It also makes sure that you're getting more diversity in your diet, which is also important for your microbiome. And then additionally, will help things moving along digestively speaking, which is also really good for your microbiome. So eat plenty of fiber. Avoid inflammatory foods like the ones that we talked about. So fried foods and refined sugars and carbohydrates and dairy. Please avoid those things if you can. Uh, You can avoid them. Avoid those things. Uh, And then, contrarily, as I mentioned earlier, make sure that you're eating anti inflammatory foods. So, things like mushrooms and cherries and leafy greens and omega rich foods like nuts and seeds and avocados. I have sources of all of these things on my website, so you can go check it out afterwards. The other thing would be to eat antibacterial foods like ginger and cloves and oregano and thyme and lemon and turmeric these are all so good for you you can eat probiotic foods like miso and sauerkraut and kimchi and tempeh also all really really good for your stomach um, there are lots of gut soothing herbs that you can check out like chamomile and calendula and ginger and licorice and fennel and peppermint and marshmallow root all of which are also on my website with some more um, uh, recommendations and the digestive bitters that i mentioned earlier also very good for your microbiome so check those out also So nutrition tips that are specific to anxiety would include making sure you keep your blood sugar levels as stable as possible and really avoiding those dramatic highs that happen when you eat refined sugars and empty carbs with a high glycemic index. Um, And then those dramatic dips that happen when you haven't eaten in a long time or the things that you're eating have no real um, source of energy. So those extremes can make you feel completely bonkers and so anxious and it's really important that you just try and keep your blood sugar levels as stable as possible. Um, Fermented foods, which I mentioned earlier, almost every culture in the world has some kind of fermented food on the menu. Japanese miso, German sauerkraut, Korean kimchi. We have sourdough here in the Western world. Uh, There's so many different fermented foods and I definitely recommend trying them out. Um, There are leafy greens packed with magnesium, rich in folate, really great for mood regulation. Pumpkin seeds and any foods that are rich in zinc are really helpful and linked to lower anxiety levels. Um, avocado, chia seed, flax seed, hemp seed, those awesome omega-3s are incredibly helpful. Oats, the triple threat to anxiety because they contain B vitamins and fiber and also magnesium. But um, big win on that one. So if you like oatmeal, you're in luck. Uh, Turmeric, which is great. Anti-inflammatory, super helpful. Brazil nuts that have selenium in them, which um, play a role in mood regulation as well. Uh, Apparently dark chocolate is good for anxiety, which I never heard before, but I imagine if it doesn't have a ton of sugar in it, it can be pretty helpful. I just learned that. I was pretty happy to hear it. So on the flip side, of course, there's foods to avoid. Some are more obvious than others, but there's definitely sugar, which causes those spikes in your blood sugar that we talked about before and also contribute to um, inflammation and all kinds of other mayhem that can happen on your insides. There's coffee. So limit your coffee intake. Try and Have one in the morning if you love coffee instead of drinking it all day. Um, Limit your intake of alcohol, of course. And dairy, as I already told you, is hugely um, inflammatory and to be avoided at all costs. There's aspartame, which um, blocks the production of serotonin and um, can have a huge effect on your moods and cause depression even. Refined carbohydrates, which we talked about earlier, um, also that high glycemic Index that I was talking about, those blood sugar spikes that you really don't want, energy drinks that are full of sugar and caffeine. Again, you already know why. Um, and then trans fats, um, like the fried foods and um, snack foods that are pre processed and prepared in the grocery store, are really not good for you and have been linked repeatedly to um, intense anxiety and depression. So at the top of this episode, I mentioned that i could talk about this for hours and days and weeks and months and that is true well it might not have been at the top of this episode it might have been at the top of the episode that i recorded yesterday but either way um i won't do that to you today but i will wrap up with a reminder that if you do have chronic anxiety or mood swings or depression um it could be very helpful to you to be tested for food allergies. I will also remind you that it's really important that you keep your blood sugar levels balanced, that you get plenty of fiber, that you eat lots of omega-rich foods, that you eat anti-inflammatory foods, that you eat probiotic foods. Um, it would be helpful if you try some herbs that are um, anti-anxiety inducing. Is that a thing? Yeah, anti-anxiety, no, anti-anxiety inducing. Okay. Well, anyways, herbs that tend to calm you. And I have a really good um, tea on my website, a recipe for a tea that's really good for calming anxiety. Um, Stomach soothing herbs too are great. Um, I have some examples of those on my website as well. And if you can keep in mind that you want to be optimizing your stomach acids by chewing really well and hydrating between meals, but not during, and maybe try some of those digestive bitters that I mentioned. There is also the stimulation of that sexy vagus nerve. Don't forget about her. She takes such good care of you. Stimulate her. Laugh, sing, chant, loud gargle, <laughs> and massage your feet or get someone else to because that's super helpful. Limit your exposure to chemicals and pesticides as much as you possibly can. Get outside and get dirty. Did I mention that? I didn't. Oh my God. Guys, Dr. Zach Bush says, even if you've been training your dog forever to stay away from the table while you're eating dinner, that it's not a bad idea to let your dogs near you when you're eating and in fact, to go outside and sit in the grass and bare feet while you're eating because exposure to diverse microbiome that is not your own is also super helpful. I can't believe I didn't mention that earlier. I probably mentioned it yesterday 10 times, but it's really important also. So hugely important for your gut health. Get dirty. Get dirty. Pet your dogs, eat outside in bare feet, and get dirty. Um, And then, of course, avoid unnecessary or prolonged use of um, all whatever medications, anti-inflammatories, anti-fungal medications, anti-acids, antibiotics, steroids, you name it. It all does a number on your body. Please limit your use of it. And, of course, whatever stress management you can do. Um, Go for a walk go outside, go outside and have some calm, quiet walking time in the dirt and you won't be anxious anymore or you'll be less anxious. So those are my tips for you. I'm sure I've missed something, but guess what? I am for sure going to bring this up about a million more times on this podcast. So you'll just have to keep listening and learning along with me. Thank you so freaking much for being here Thank you for listening to me talk about one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. It means everything to me. And if you ever want to reach out to me, please do. You can email me at sweetvegancoaching at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on Facebook. I am on Instagram at underscore sweetvegan underscore. And my website, sweetvegan.net has a ton of free recipes. You can subscribe to my digital magazine there. And you can stay up to date on whatever workshops and events are coming up. And for sure, email me if you are interested in a free 15 minute health and wellness consultation. I am here and happy to give you any suggestions or advice that I can. And of course, if you want information about my actual nutrition coaching, I am here for that too. So again, thank you so much. Have a great day and take super good care of yourselves. Bye.